We're back again for another podcast. We have Shayna here again. We're going to talk more about kind of the stuff we talked about in the last podcast. But first, I want to point out that we are now in the top 10% of all podcasts that have ever existed. It's very exciting. What? Yes. So if you weren't aware of this, 90% of all podcasts, sorry, I thought they might cut out. 90% of all podcasts don't make it past episode three. And we have made it to episode four. So that puts us in the top 10% ever. Yay. Insert cheer and always here. Yes. It's exciting. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, the subject matter of this podcast is going to be basically addressing some of the questions and comments that we received in the first podcast. We got a resounding response. I don't think, I honestly don't think I've ever gotten any more messages or comments or just general reaction from of any video that I've made. And I've made videos that have done seven, <laughs> eight million views. And I make one podcast with her, of all people, and we get <laughs> well, the I just I just think people are a lot more interested in people's lives than yeah. we think they are. Like, why do you think blogs do so well? Yeah. You know, they just people just love to see and learn more about people's like every day. So I think having the platform that you've had and you've only shared snippets of like your experience and your and your life for people to have an opportunity to like sit down with you and like learn more about you and your story, I think is an, is why people love it so much. Yeah, it kind of pulled the curtain back. Mm. And so people could see, you know, who the real Matt Graham who is. Who the real not Matt Graham is. Who the real not Matt <laughs> Graham is. Anyway, uh, yeah, so. We're going to address some of the questions that we got. One of the clips that uh, was posted onto TikTok did quite, quite the numbers. It got around 700,000 views. I could check right now, but I'm not going to do that. I feel like last, the last time I saw it, it was like 200 and I was like, whoa, it's really at seven. Yeah. Last, well, this was earlier today. Last I saw it was at like 640. So I'm assuming that it's growing at the same pace and it's at 700 now, but irrelevant, irrelevant. The point is we got a lot of comments um, and very mixed comments too. Yeah. So we got a lot of women that were shitting on me and a lot of men that were shitting on Shayna. And of course, this is a this is a 40 second clip that was posted onto TikTok. So a lot of these people didn't even watch the original podcast. Right. So they have no context. Mm -hmm. Half of them didn't even know that. The story she was telling, which it was, by the way, it was the clip of her giving me the ultimatum. If you watched the last episode, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched that episode, go watch it now. It'll be linked in the description. Uh, or if you're listening on Spotify, just go to the last just go one. Backwards. Just go back one. <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of people were making some pretty harsh judgments of our situation based on a 40 second clip. And you can't really, you can't really give much much weight to that you can't put much stock in that i got one of the people that commented on it asked me how it feels reading some of the comments that i was reading because some of them were pretty harsh which i'm i'm i've built a tolerance to at this point because i've been you know on the internet doing what i do for not only the decade plus that i've been doing it but more in the public eye in the last you know six to eight months you get some pretty mean comments and it is what it is but 
Yeah, I mean, people just, they they look at a 40-second clip and they make a judgment on a seven-year situation. And you can't, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. So with that being said, we're going to dive into a lot of what the comments were and the general, like, the general um, ideas and topics that people were sort of uh, top talking about in the comments of that video, as well as some other questions that we got via Instagram, YouTube, uh, Discord. By the way, if you're not in my Discord server, it's 100% free. Just go to my Discord. Just go to the link in the bio. There's no bio on on <laughs> on YouTube. On YouTube. I'm so used to saying Lincoln bio, uh-huh. but I'm like, wait a minute. It's in the description. <laughs> it is not on YouTube. It is in the description. And if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're on Spotify or iTunes or whatever uh, other audio only platform, just go to notmatgram.com and you can find it there. With that being said, the first sort of uh, comment that I saw a lot was that, you know, you should have left me or that I'm a piece of shit or something like that, something along those lines. And I think, and they were mostly women, by the way. And I think a lot of the women that said that have every right to say that. I think that if you're in a situation where your boyfriend, fiance, husband, whatever the case, is completely non-existent within the responsibilities of the relationship, then that's something that you should seriously consider. But again, I think a lot of them didn't even realize that, you know, it was from four years ago and things were different. So they did I, not have the full context. They didn't have the full context. But I kind of want to dive into that, you know, a little bit about, you know, why didn't you leave me and why and, and and if somebody else is in that scenario, why shouldn't they or why should they? What what things should they be thinking about, you know, in terms of deciding, am I gonna leave? Am I gonna am I not gonna leave? What 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 would you suggest to other people and what kind of was your thought process in that in that scenario? Um, I think, I think, and to answer your first question, why I didn't leave you, it it wasn't like a, um, I didn't know for sure. Like I have to stay with him. Like I didn't have this mission in my mind where like I had to rescue him or save him or, or never leave him. Like I, I wasn't that. It wasn't from that place. It was. It was more like, and I think I mentioned it in the in the original video, is that he. Any problem he and I have ever had, if it was he was coming up short, I was coming up short, we, we had a problem, a disagreement, something like that. Um, obviously, given if you watched the first video, you saw how much of a transitional period he was in, like he was sorting all this out and and it was all his, his figuring out how to handle his anxiety and all that. And I was trying to figure it out, too, as his partner. So I think I think it's you have to when you express your concerns and frustrations with someone that you love, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, mom, parent, whatever, if that other person is not willing to receive that information and one question, Hmm, am I the problem here? And two, am I willing to do what I can to fix it? And with Matt, that's always been the case. He has always owned up to where he's fallen short, whether he likes to or not, or even if he didn't even say it, he would hear me. I would see the wheels turning in his mind. He wasn't just sitting there rolling his eyes and getting all frustrated with me. And we never had to talk about it again. You know, you got to be reasonable. You can't expect the problem to be fixed overnight if it's something as crazy as handling anxiety. But he always put the work in and, you know, I'm a pretty reasonable person. Again, I'm not going to expect him to be fixed by the next time we go out or the next time we do something where anxiety could be provoking him. But 
that was a huge thing for us. And, and that's what we kind of always said, like, as long as we show up for one another and we're putting in the work to get to where we want to be, then I have no reason to leave. We're all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all go through hard times. Um, and that brings me to my next point, which is you have to know where you want to go, right? Like you have to have some sort of goal. You can't just kind of be flailing about just, you know, it's a Wednesday, you have a crappy Wednesday and then, you know, you just figure out Thursday. It's like, well, we kind of had this point in our relationship where what do we want? Do we want the same things? What does that look like? How are we going to get there? And then we'll maybe dive more into this. I don't want to go on too long of a tangent, but like, and what are our roles in getting ourselves to that place? So for us, it was always once we figured out that we can open communication very well. We can listen to each other's critiques and talk about where each other's falling short without becoming defensive and egotistical. Um, we, we always showed up and put in the work. And as soon as, you know, the work started to dip and we started to go back into bad habits or things like that, we talk about it and we opened it to communication. And those conversations were not always easy. And I recall many a nights where we were up in bed till three o'clock in the morning, just having these horrible, stressful, brutal talks. But I mean, at, at some point you have to know if, if, as long as that person's showing up and listening to you and, and, and going in the same direction that you two want to go in, then it's worth fighting for. But as soon as that work stops is where you have to, you have to be able to reel it in and say, there's only so much I can do here, you know, and you have to make the hard decisions to possibly back off. But why even go through that? Why, why even, why, why, if you, cause if you're in your position, right, you're 25, 26 years old at the time and you're with this 21, 22 year old that has no money. He has nothing going on. Sure. He has potential. And one of the comments that I saw was at the top was don't date potential. Yeah. So I kind of want you to that's talk why about grandma that. said, don't fall in love with potential. Right. So if you're in your position and I'm sort of at, let's say rock bottom, rock bottom is a relative term. Some people's rock bottom is different than other people's rock bottom. But for me, that was rock bottom. You know, why stick it out? You know, why, why even entertain that? Cause on the flip side, you know, you could have, and I don't, I don't want you getting any ideas, you could have dumped me and gone and found some well put together 31 year old that had things going on, that had a sense of humor, that had all the things that I have. Why even put yourself through that? Yeah. I, and I, we've even had these conversations in, you know, in the last few years. And it's like, I still, to this day, there was not some, some sign from God that was like, stay with him. He's the one, you know, he's your person. There were so many times where I was like, is this it? Like, was my role here in his life just to get him to, you know, a certain place. And then we veer off because we're not able to give each other what we need. And I'll be honest with you guys. There was no, there was no sign. There was no anything that was like, stay, like you can do this, like help him just, just stay like he'll, he'll get through it. Like there's a, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Like there was none of that ever. And when I, when I ask myself that question, it's like the only thing that comes to my mind, and this is all because it's my experience and it's who I am as a person. Like I knowing how much I loved him, whether as a boyfriend and as a person, like I just wanted the best for him. I knew that I had the capabilities to the patience and kind of the communication and the ability to like talk to him and get him 
provide him comfort, I guess, that regardless of whether or not we broke up, we didn't stay together. I moved back with my parents. He stayed at Doug and Emily's, whatever it was. I knew that like, I didn't ever want to just leave him on the side of the road because I don't think you do that to people that you love. Um, so that's what it comes back to for me. Like I just, I just knew whether we were going to stay together or not. Wasn't really what my biggest concern was. It was like at the end of the day, whatever happens between us, I couldn't forgive myself if 10 years from now someone said, oh, what happened with you and Matt? And I just left him and never spoke to him again. Oh, he had crazy anxiety and like he would lose his mind and go nuts if like and get nervous if I went out. So we just broke up like that to me was not so was an it, option. So was it more a feeling of responsibility to me to help me get through it? Um, I think responsibility is a weird word. I think it was just like a moral moral conflict for me. It was like... um. We were, we were, and, and it's, I also, you have to kind of think of where we were at the time. Like we, to be fair, like we had picked up everything we knew and moved to Florida and had not much, we were starting over as far as like our personal lives, finances, where we were living, what we were going to do. Like, and you got to kind of give people a little bit of time to like figure that out. Right. So there was that aspect too. You know, it's not like it was three years of him sitting around smoking weed, playing video games asking me to Venmo him money for that a long time. I mean, it was, it was a reasonable transitional time, but the, it was, it was tough. It was really hard. And that's maybe that's part of it too, right? Like we weren't in that place for again, three years. It was, it was like a good year and a half. I would say I the worst of it lasted probably like eight to nine months. Yeah. And then, you know, things started to improve. I think mm-hmm. once we got into 75 hard, Around that time when like Mm -hmm. taste buds was starting to become a thing and we were starting to get into our groove. Mm -hmm. I think that's when things started to pick up a little bit. Yeah. Um, But initially those first between between my first going down, because obviously we had trouble in the beginning and whatnot. But like the the lowest of the low was like probably like 60 days prior to moving to Florida Mm. and Probably the yeah. next six months after that. July 2018 was horrible, <laughs> which was when we moved. Yep. Um, and the move the move was fun, right? Because you start over, new house, new things, new shopping, blah, blah, blah. No one has real like real responsibilities. You can kind of just go off and enjoy life for we had maybe a couple months to do that. And then it got to crunch time. So Reality you subtract setting. those like four-ish months of fun. And then from, you know, maybe it was like the start of 2019, um, holiday season. And then into 2019 was when things really got tough. And then I would, I think I'd agree like that full year ish were brutal. But again, like, and you know, it's not like he'd have a bad day of smoking weed doing nothing. And then I'd just drill him. Right. This was compounding time. So it, it, you have to get, you have to kind of give people their space to figure out their low points and what they're going to do. And then if they do nothing, if they act on nothing, if if the first request was, can I have 20 bucks because I need to fill my gas tank, turns into three months later, I need $300 because I've now backcharged or I, I overdrafted in my Venmo account. And now I need $200 to or 250 to pay it back. And then an additional 50 to put like when it when it starts to snowball like that, that's when you pump the brakes and then you have the hard conversations. And from that point, if that person that you're communicating with is no longer willing to put in the work or doesn't make any effort to change and push you to in a positive direction, what are you going to do? You can't you can't you can't drown with them. You know, you have to you have to at some point just do do what you can to keep your slate clean and do what's right, which is, again, I'm speaking from my own perspective 
I tried to always do what was right by him and by us. And if I was giving, 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 and not just financially, but communication and and, and all the ways that I could, and he wasn't reciprocating it to his best of to the best of his ability at the time, then you know there's only so much you can do. And I was afraid that I was going to get to that point where I had to call it, and it terrified me. None of me wanted that, you know. But you have to you have to protect yourself. So for all the people that were saying you should have left or saw a lot of people even said, I'm in the same exact place right now with my boyfriend or my husband. Yeah. Or- so that was my next question, which was, you know, a lot of people were saying this, I'm in this exact situation right now. Mm. And obviously there are a lot of, cause people only saw the part where you were saying that I was smoking weed and playing video games while you were working. That was kind of the, the, the okay. meat and potatoes of the video. And so there are a lot of reasons that that can stem. For me, it was anxiety. For others, it can be depression. For others, it can be, you know, something else. And so if somebody's in that position, the advice I would say is not going to be the same depending on the scenario because if if it was just like, you know, if you came to me and were just like, get your shit together, well, that's a different conversation because it was more of a trying to figure out how to, you know, fix myself mentally. Of course... <laughs> getting my shit together was the thing that ended up being the thing. But at the time I didn't think that I didn't think that that was a solution of just like, you know, being a responsible adult, but, um, general advice, I guess if somebody, they say, you know, that's my scenario right now. What do I do? I mean, everyone's everyone's stories and relationships and paths and time frames are so different. It's so hard to put like a blanket, a blanket statement out there. But what would not be a bad idea to do? Communication. Learn how to communicate what's what's bothering you. Like he just addressed, like if your husband has been sitting around doing nothing all day, you, you your bills aren't getting paid, things are getting stressful. You don't just come home and say, I've had enough of this. You're a lazy piece of shit. You've done nothing. What that's not the approach. It's it's you need to learn. And there was plenty of frustration that I had to turn down and turn up the compassion and turn up the teamwork. Like, you know, you know, but it's also not coddling either. No, you no, no, you can't coddle because then, especially as a man, in my experience, you can't coddle a man because then you're taking, it's just so degrading to them um, that you, you have to come at it as a, as a level team player. You know, in the same way Tom Brady would go to Rob Gronkowski or Julian Edelman. He wouldn't call them fucking idiots for missing a pass. Tom Brady might. There's some clips going around that. (laughs) But you have to learn to communicate. And this isn't any relationship, your sister, your mom, your whatever. There's something that's bothering you. You have to address it and say, this is what I've been feeling like lately. And this is what I want to talk to you about, because if I'm not communicating, then how are you supposed to know that this is bothering me? You can't let it get to a boiling point because if it gets to a boiling point, all rationality and and patience that you may have had is gone because you've let things get to such a brutal level. So first thing is just learn how to communicate. Maybe for some people, some people need to write, you know, some people need to write things down and maybe write a letter or things like that, but just sit down and, and talk to that person with patience and grace and just because there's no you can't get anything accomplished if you come at people guns blazing. You know, I I've witnessed, you know, relationships and communication in a way that who can throw the hardest jab, who has the nastiest left hook to get their point across. You know, it's like and something that Jordan Peterson brings up. Was it Jordan Peterson? Yeah. 
is your goal in a relationship, especially a romantic one, but friends, same, same deal. Your goal in an argument or in a, dis, in a, in a communication thing is not to win, right? Like you can't win. You can't win because then cool. Like I said all these nasty things to him. I got my point across. I sounded real good. If it was like a highlight reel, like it would have went viral. Cool. But like now he's defeated. Now he's deflated. Now he feels horrible. And now I'm married to a loser. And I don't mean like what a loser. I mean, like he's, he's now in this place of just like defeat. And and that's right. not where you want your person that you're building a life with to feel and to live in. Right. So to approach a relationship or a conversation in a way that's like, I'm going to get him, like, I'm going to get my point across and I'm going to, I'm going to win this. It's like, no, reel it back, like pump the brakes back to the drawing board. Like, how are you feeling? Because a person can't tell you that you don't feel a way that you do. So a lot of times if you approach this conversation, I've been feeling really overwhelmed lately. I've been feeling like I've been working as much as I can. I've been saving as much money as I can. Whatever your reasons for your argument is, let's say you're in a tough financial place and your partner's not helping. You know, I'm trying to do the best that I can. And I feel like I'm confused on where you're at or, you know, what's going on on your end. You know, are you having a hard time at work if they're working? You know, have you been looking? What's where can what can we do to get you to a place to where we need you to be to get to A, B or C? You know, like you have to approach it as a team. And I get it. Like, it's hard to do that. You really got to rise above and like put your frustrations aside. But I mean, it's it's just it's 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 such a hard conversation as it is to approach it in any other way. It just. It's just your, your it's makes it so much harder, you know? Yeah. When you're having difficult conversations with people about really emotional topics, there is how you want to say it. And then there's how it's going to best be received. Mm -hmm. And so it's challenging and you have to, like she said, set yourself aside momentarily. But if you want to actually achieve the goal, if you want to, you know, get somewhere and make progress then you're not going to be able to say it the way you want to say it because I'm sure she wanted to come to me and scream in my face and tell me that I'm a lazy piece of shit loser. Maybe not those exact words, but something like that, something a little more aggressive than I was probably ready to hear. And so again, it's not coddling, but you have to go to them in a way that they're going to receive it. And so when she talks about situations where people are just trying to throw the hardest punch that they can so that they can get their point across. It's like, yeah, you got your point out, but it didn't get across. It was never received, you know, especially for men. And you have to, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you have to realize how they're motivated. You have to realize what makes them tick. And so for Shayna, for example, I know that she likes positive affirmation. She likes being told My that love language is words of affirmation and um, acts of service. Right. So if I want you to keep doing something that I, I like, let's say it's, you know, folding the laundry, right? If I like it when you fold the laundry, because I don't like folding the laundry, when you don't fold the laundry, I'm not going to come to you and say, why didn't you fold the laundry? Instead, when you do fold the laundry, I'm going to say, Thank you for folding the laundry. I really appreciate it. You did a really good job, which by the way, I never do. And I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm like sitting here like, oh, that'd be nice. No. Right. But but like if I, if I, cause you always fold the laundry by the way, which I never say I appreciate, but I do cause I hate folding the laundry. But in any event, if there was a certain behavior that I wanted her to do more, the way to get her to do that 
is by telling her how much I appreciate it and how much I enjoy it when she does that thing, not berate her in the absence of that activity, you know? And so, especially when you're dealing with men, so if you're that woman in that scenario where your boyfriend's being a lazy piece of trash, you don't want to go to him and make him feel this small. You can't go to him and make him feel worse than he already is. You need to make him feel like he can be so much bigger than he is, right? That's the messaging. It's not, you're this, you're that, you're a piece of trash, you're never gonna be anything, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I know how good you can be. I know how successful you can be. I know how hard you can work. Why aren't you doing it? What can I do to help you? And sure, it might not be the most authentic version of how you feel, but if you want to actually get the needle going, if you actually wanna get things moving, that's how you got to approach it. And it's a shame because I think and so many people lack the ability to communicate. And I don't, obviously everyone can talk and communicate and say things back and forth. But I mean, I'm hearing you say that and it's, it's the perfect advice and it's how we've gotten to where we are. But I just know like so many people are listening to this and like, you know, their, their boyfriend or their girlfriend doesn't receive information well, and they don't have the drive or the, or the motivation to get out of bed and like do something about it and, and put themselves out there and take risks. So it's, it's hard. So, I mean, back to those people who got divorces about this stuff or are currently in this situation right now, like you have to take the temperature of your own relationship. Like we can't possibly sit here and say, give it three more months and see what happens. Like, you know, how long have you been doing this for? How long have you been here? What's the type of, what's the temperament of the person that you're with does that person possess the qualities of the person that you want to build a life with do you want to raise a family with this person you know and if you love that person so much and you can see more potential in them are you willing to put in the work and the partnership that it's going to take to lift that person and get them to where they're going to be mm -hmm. so it's just it's it's a lot of internal you gotta you gotta figure out what you're willing to sacrifice and the the work that you're willing to put in to, to help the people you love the most. So if you've been doing this for five years, your husband is a deadbeat, he doesn't help, he doesn't help with the kids, he doesn't make money, he has no motivation, he's no discipline, then you, you can only change, you can't really change people. You can try to influence them, you can lead by example, you can, you know, ask for things, you know, be, communicate what's what you need. But at the end of the day, like people are who they are. So it's heartbreaking to see those comments of people being like, I'm here right now. Like, mm -hmm. what do I do? Like, this is where exactly where I am. And it just makes my stomach turn. Cause I know what it's like to be there, obviously. So it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to say, but yeah. Yeah. And if that's your, if you're a woman or a wife or a girlfriend or a fiance of a deadbeat loser that we're talking about, you can't approach them the way that I'm about to approach them because they're going to view it as nagging. But I'm about to talk to these guys. You are being a lazy piece of trash. You need to be disciplined. You need to get off your phone or your video game or whatever it is. Get off your ass and start being a man. Okay, next. Yeah. <laughs> so I can say that. They can't. And, um, and, and we don't need to go down that tangent. But when you, men, when you do that, you will feel fulfilled. You just will. You know, like yeah, everything, everything that all the confidence and all the purpose and meaning that you're looking for is on the other side of the suffering that you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. It's on the other side of getting up early and going to the gym and getting the work done as soon as possible and actually giving it your all. 
Because where confidence comes from, <clears throat> it doesn't come from like this, this magical thing in the sky, right? It comes from thinking a certain way about yourself and actually being it, right? Having this thesis of like, I am, I am a good basketball player. And then if you go out there and you suck at basketball, you're not going to be very confident in your ability to play basketball. So that's going to sting a little bit if you if your identity is wrapped up in your ability to play basketball. But if you do the work and put the work in, then you actually prove yourself right and you say, I am a good basketball player. That's part of my identity. This is, of course, just an example. And you and you become that, then you're going to have this, this inner peace. You're going to have this like sense of like, ah, like I don't feel like a fraud, you know? And where that lack of confidence comes from, it's it's in feeling like a fraud. It's in feeling like, you know, I want to be this person or I think I am this person or, you know, I have this vision of who I could be and then I'm just not at all that person. Right. And I think I think the missing piece that people struggle with, with like lack of confidence is like sometimes you got to ask yourself the hard questions and be like, what work have I done to have any confidence? You know, like if you're not a, if you're not confident that you're, you know, a good husband, like, have you been a good husband? Like, have you done anything to warrant you being called a good husband so that you can then wear that badge? Like I'm a good husband. I treat my wife with respect and love and I'm a great dad. Cause I, you know, like that's the thing. Like, and a lot of our com our confidence issues or insecurities come from the truth of the fact that we're not putting the work in to then wear those as a badge of honor. So it's hard truths and, and the truth shall set you free. And that's just, it's just factual, you know? Yeah. You can bullshit other people all day long, but you know mm -hmm. what's actually true on the inside. And so you can run around saying that you are this person, but deep down, you know who you really are. Right. And it's funny. There are so many guys that come to me and they're like, I am, I'm, I don't have any money. I'm overweight. I, you know, don't know how to talk to girls. I can't look people in the eye. I have all these, I have, I have this litany of things that I am terrible at that I would like to be good at. How do I find confidence? And I'm like, how do you, how do you possibly expect yourself to be confident? You are falling short in every single area of life. How could you possibly be confident? You know, it's just, baffling to me that people think that confident is like confidence is like something you're born with genetic like, yeah like a confidence it, fairy just walks in and boop like you know you're confident like right confidence i think what tim kennedy says and you kind of said it earlier is success is on the far side of hard work like yeah. you know or on the far side of failure like you have to put in the reps and put in the work to then earn confidence is earned it's not just something that you wake up with you know if you want real confidence there are plenty of people out there that have the fake confidence and those are the ones that go to bed at night full of anxiety because they're not who they say they are. But right. Confidence is best when it's earned because then it's authentic and it's real and that's when it it turns, it bleeds into every other area of your life where you're deserving of it. So. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because like when you, t in the lower parts of my life, in the, in the times when I had the least amount of confidence, it's because when I was 17, 18, 19, and I was in a position where I was doing well in life. I had a good job. I was, you know, in shape. I was exploring new 
areas of life. I was taking risks. I was doing all these cool things. I had genuine confidence in myself. And then we moved to Florida. I didn't have a job. I became out of shape. And I still maintained that version of myself in my head. In my head, I was still that that guy that I was when I was 19. But when I was 22, I was the opposite of that guy. And so it's that absence of being who I think I am that really causes that lack of confidence and that 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 inner anxiety about, you know, who you are. And I felt I felt this, you know, multiple times since sort of turning it around, you know, like, especially if I'm in the public eye, um, you know, I feel it on this podcast right now, right? Like I do my short form videos and I speak eloquently and I say everything perfectly. It's because I film them. I say the same phrase 50 times in a row until I get every single word, right? Every single inflection, right? Everything perfectly, you know, I don't script them. I, I come up with them on the spot, but I want to make sure that I say it the way that I meant to say it and every single word is intentional. That can't be done on a podcast. And so I, I, I have that sense of who I am, that way of talking that everyone expects me to, to do, and it's not there in a long-form podcast because it's, first of all, not realistic unless you're Russell Brand. <laughs> that, that's the only... He's like not even a real person. Like yeah. he's up there with David Goggins as far as like how are you a pl- are how you do a you human? exist? He's like, like a I'm WWE confused. character for real. But yeah, we could talk about that forever. Just yeah. like that whole well, and like think about like how much we talk about fitness. It's like do I do I look like mm-hmm. somebody that works out every single day? No. Does that affect my confidence? Yes. Am I working hard to to get myself in a position where I do look like somebody who is an athlete that, you know, practices what he preaches. And I think, you know, to, to the, in the macro sense, we do practice what we preach, but of course we're normal. We're, we're human beings. We value fitness. It's, it's very high on the hierarchy of our needs, but you know, we fall off sometimes and that, that hinders our progress. And so when I'm sitting on the internet, you know, talking about, you know, you got to be in shape. You got to get stronger. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's like, yeah, I'm doing all that, but I'm not where I know I could be. And so that, again, going back to that, that sort of um, theme of a lack of confidence being because you don't, you aren't who you say you are or think you are, portray yourself as. And those are just a couple examples of where I feel it, you know, in my day-to-day life now. So it doesn't go away. It just, they become different and, right. and, and it gets better. Obviously, obviously like you work hard to, to embody the, the idea of yourself or that ideal version of yourself. But the beauty of it is, and the, the fun of it is it's a, it's an endless pursuit, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be things you're insecure about. There's always going to be things that you, that you wish were better about yourself. Right. Cause whenever you level up, you're in a new arena now. So you you're in the little, the little leagues just trying to like do a 20 minute workout without dying. And then you crush that 20 minute workout. And now you're in 45 minute workouts. And now you're in a whole new ball game. You're with different players. You have different standards. So that's the, 
the best advice that I was ever given, and Sal Frisella said this for the first time, and then when I asked Lexi how she, like Lexi J Wellness on Lexi Johnson, um, how she made all her success in like just like under two years of becoming an athlete and all that stuff. Um, she, the, the best advice is to, to fall in love with the process. Like stop thinking about the top of the mountain. Stop thinking about that, that, that you need to have that instant gratification in six weeks, you know, like fall in love with waking up every day in the grind and just like doing the stuff you don't want to do, overcoming those negative thoughts and pushing through the hard work. Because when you stop focusing on the end result, I mean, have it on your site, you know, you don't want to lose sight of what your why is, why you're doing what you're doing. But just fall in love with the process. Stop being miserable about your workouts. Stop being miserable about your your day job or the things that you have to do that you don't want to do. It's like just flip it on its head and just and just and, and change your mindset. And when you when you approach it as falling in love with the process, falling in love with the work, falling in love with overcoming the things that you didn't want to do and you crushed it and you 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 now have a new a new um threshold right so you couldn't do one push-up now you're doing 10 now cool go for 20 you know what I mean fall in love with that grind and when you flip your mindset like that it bleeds into every other area of your life and it's your relationships your work your parents your everything you know and um I think that's a huge that's like such a benefit that's always stuck with me and like you know that clip that Andrew Tate has it's like I think what's that kid's name that he always messes with Aiden Aiden Ross Yeah. yeah he was like Andrew, how do I get a six pack like super fast? He's like, why does it have to be fast? Why does it have to be overnight right now? Why does it have to be right now? Why does it, why, why can't it be hard? Why can't it be hard work? You know what I mean? We've, as a culture, as a society, as a generation, like we've just gotten so far away from the idea of working hard for something. You know, we want to just wake up and be that confident person that you see on the internet, but it's like, it's not, it's not realistic. It's not real. You know, go after things that are meaningful and that give you purpose and that you know, you, you've earned, you know, stop looking for instant gratification. Yeah. And this is why I, this is why I love 75 hard so much. And we're on 75 hard right now. What's today? Like day 27 or something like that. Something like that. So the reason why I love 75 hard is for two reasons. And I was talking to Steve about this yesterday. Um, the first reason is, is it's, I'm not actually going to talk about the first reason. Cause I could go on for yeah, 15, we'll do a whole podcast on just I could go hard. on, <laughs> I could go on for the first reason for, uh, 20 minutes minimum. So I'm going to leave that for the next podcast or a future podcast. But the, the reason I bring it up is because it forces you to do something you don't want to do for 75 days. And you start to see the results of the process. You start to see the results of the grind because the problem is what happens with so many people is they'll set out on a journey. They'll set out on a goal. They will do something for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and then they don't see the progress that they want, and then they stop. That's what happens 99.999% of the time. But 75 hard, it pushes you to 75 days, right? And that's important because two and a half months is long enough to start to see some of the results, both the mental and the physical results of, of going through the grind of the same thing every single day, the monotonous tasks, especially when you don't want to do them in conditions you don't want to do them in. Once you get to the other side of that and you and you can check off that 75th day and you say to yourself, holy shit, I did it. And look at how much different I am now as a person, mentally, physically, than I was at the beginning of this. That changes something in your brain. That, cha- that literally changes your perspective of reality. It makes you understand what falling in love with the process is. It makes you understand that like, okay, 
even if I don't see the results of what I'm doing now, I now have a different threshold of patience. I have a different threshold of like, you know, I'm actually going to see this through, you know, because I know that if I do, regardless of, of how I feel that day or whether the sun is shining or it's downpouring or there's a hurricane outside, right? Like regardless of the conditions, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what can change between now and the end date of whatever I'm committing to, you, you, you have been through the process before so you can go through the process again. Whether it be in business, whether it be in fitness, whether it be another round of 75 hard or you're doing the live hard program or whether you're, you know, whatever it is, that that flip, that, that, that switch flip in your brain when you complete 75 hard or just any other program like that or just any difficult task that takes a long period of time to do where there's a lot of monotony and a lot of not fun in the middle of it. Um, getting to the other side of that, you don't see life the same way anymore. Yeah. And that's why I always say to people when they ask me, oh, should I do 75 hard? I'm like, dude, if I could wave a magic wand and have every single person on earth do 75 hard, I would. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend it. It's 100% free to do. I don't know what the link is to check that out. but I'm Episode sure. 208 on Andy Priscilla's podcast. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've sent it to, I don't know, 100 people. So I know exactly what the number is. He went through the whole Live Hard program. So it's episode 208 on Real AF. On if you could Spotify. ask me, if you could ask me now, what is one thing, just one, one thing that I can do to change my mindset, to change my body, to change how I view the world, it is 75 hard. That is the one 100%. thing. If I could, if that's it. Mm hmm that's You'll all you never need. be the same. If you do it the right way, if you complete it, you do it to the T, no excuses, no deviations, nothing like that. You do exactly as Andy has said to do. It's very freaking simple. You'll never be the same. You just won't. For better and for worse, we've talked about this, but again, we'll, we'll go into that podcast. Yeah, we'll have a whole we, we 75. Should, we should totally do a 75 hard podcast. We'll have a whole 75 hard podcast. Yeah. And we've completely gone off the rails of as far as like a relationship standpoint podcast, but it's okay because all this stuff's super relevant. Yeah. It all bleeds yeah. into each other. So so I guess we'll transition back into the relationship stuff. Um, I, we actually have a lot more to talk about, which, yeah. hey, this is great for watch time. You know, this is great. It's great. So, okay. We covered if this is my boyfriend right now. Okay, so a lot of people were saying, especially the men, right? The I'm sure this is the Andrew Tate crowd that was saying this, that she was sitting there complaining that I was being a piece of trash, not and she was doing all the providing and she was being the breadwinner and whatnot, and that if the roles were reversed, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be allowed, so to speak, to complain about Shayna being home all the time while I'm providing, or that, you know, people were saying like, Oh, like she's complaining about that. That's what men have been doing since the dawn of time. And I'm like, hang on. Yeah. Not the same uh, thing. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Not the same thing. I get the sentiment, right? The I work my ass off and I make all this money and she's at home. That that is that is the surface level of what that is. Sure. But there's there's details to it that are important to address. So the first one that I pointed out to people, which I shouldn't be arguing with people in the tick, in the TikTok comments, but <laughs> I find myself doing it sometimes. <laughs> so the first one being that she didn't sign up for that. So my pitch to her the whole time was that I'm going to go out and make, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to use my content skills and my, my immense charisma 
to become this guy, to become this amazing, you know, version of myself. I was selling her on the potential, essentially. And it wasn't a sales pitch. I'm just using that term. But it was more like, you know, that's what she was signing up for. The person that I was at the beginning of our relationship when we first started dating was that like visionary, more like who I am now. Yeah. It wasn't that you were going to be a millionaire. It was that you had the ambition. Like there was there was no 20, 30, whatever year old man that I was ever, which I wasn't really talking to anybody really because I couldn't be bothered, but no man that I knew was talking like that, was saying, I want this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to accomplish this one day. Like no one had goals like that and that I'd ever been with. So like, it really intrigued me. I just, I remember thinking like his parents were, his family was going through a huge transitional time and he just, he just loved his, he loves his parents so much and he wants to give them so much when he, in one day. So he was so huge on like this idea of being able to like buy his dad a dream truck and like just he would just had this vision of like who he could be and what he what he want and I was just so drawn to that because I'm not even like that like we I am not a visionary I'm not someone who's like a goal oriented person so I was just completely attracted to like just the idea of having so much confidence and faith in yourself that you're going to do it no matter what so for me that was what it was it wasn't like I'm gonna I'm gonna make it be a millionaire and you're gonna be able to stay home and be spoiled and a trophy wife like that wasn't the that was not the pitch it was more like he was just he was just this person who just had so much um so much he wanted to accomplish in life and I was like all right you're 19 and I don't know if you know how hard that's going to be but all right well I'll come along with the ride <laughs> so that was that was as far as what I was signing up for it was that ambition that that goal-oriented non-stop that kind of version person. of myself right so like she wasn't signing up for the lifestyle necessarily. She didn't even know that that lifestyle was going to be a reality. That would be a stupid thing to bet on. Mm -hmm. But she was betting on that guy. She was betting on the guy that will stop at nothing to get what he wants. Yeah. And so who I was being at that low time in my life, who I was being when I was smoking weed, who I was being when I was playing video games and, you know, starting Sh Shopify stores, you know, trying to avoid getting a real job. That's not, that's not the guy that I was. And so, you know, when people say, oh, if the roles were reversed or whatever, it's like, well, if I was signing up for Shayna, who, you know, is immensely, you know, organizational and she cleans and she's, she's takes care of her home and she's takes care of herself and all these other things. If she just stopped taking care of herself, if she just sat around in bed all day, if she just completely abandoned that version of herself that I was like, that I fell in love with, that I signed up for, I'd be a little pissed off. It's not, it's not like. There's no relationship in the world, romantically or not, that where you can give a hundred percent and the other person gives zero. Like even your dog provides value to your life. You know what I mean? Like you can't, there's no, so when people made those comments, I'm like, well, duh. Like if the roles were reversed, of course it would be. The, but like, if you have a, a woman who's at home and you're working a hard laborious, whatever job, bringing home all the money and she's on the couch and the laundry's not done and the dishes are in the sink and the, and the house is a mess and the kids haven't been fed and dinner's not done and the groceries need to be done. Like, yeah, you have every right to be irritated and again that's where you need to pause and have a meet we used to have relationship meetings it was i actually so, have the term relationship meeting yeah, in we, my notes we, we did and we lived with our best friends doug and emily who taught us so much about communication they're just the most wonderful humans i can't even talk about them without getting emotional 
But we we had these little whiteboards that we got off Amazon that we used for um, the YouTube channel we had. And we would literally sit there with whiteboards or a notepad. And we would, I think, I forget what the criteria was, but it was like, write out five things that you're happy about in your relationship right now and write about write out five things that you feel like could use work or whatever. I don't remember the exact. And we would do that. And it was hard. It was, we would sit there in silence. We'd write out all our things and then we'd, we'd talk about them. And sometimes he'd bring up things and I'm like, what? Like, that's bothering you? Like, I didn't even know I was doing that. Or I'd bring up serious things. Like, I really need help with this. And, you know, I'm really concerned about your bank account and how we have this coming up. And, you know, so just, again, it's communication. I can't stress it enough. Like, it's so important. So when you, when you, there needs to be that balance and I don't believe it's 50, 50. I believe it's great. If it's 50, 50, that's fantastic. But sometimes it's 80, 20. And, you know, sometimes it flips back to 2080, you know, it's, you have to just be willing to communicate. And as long as you're both putting in the work, um, we're all human. We all fall off. We all make mistakes. We all go through hard times, but as a partner, you need to be willing to, to pick that person up, whether, no matter how heavy they are, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. You know, relationships and marriage are work. It's work. Like people don't just have these fairy tale lives in, in it's just, they, I mean, very rarely do people have yeah. that storybook life. And even then, I mean, I'm not it never happens. Right? Yeah. The, I don't know. The, I don't know a single person, you know, the, the falling in love and sailing off into the sunset is not real. Yeah. It is for the first three months. And then you start running into problems and then you have to start navigating those problems and you treat it much less like a, like a two people who have infatuation for each other and you treat it more like an organization. You treat it more like how you would approach a a problem in business, right? It's not like if two business partners had a problem, they would be like, well, well, let's just sell the business. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, we have to keep the business going, which brings me to the next question that I received and maybe you received, I don't know. But the question was, what were the keys that got us to where we are now? And so relationship meetings was on my list. So that that was a good thing. But I think there's this more uh, overarching sort of meta theme that I want to discuss, which is that the relationship or the marriage is a being in and of itself, right? So what happens when you get married or you commit to a long-term relationship is you say, okay, we're going to do this. What is this? This is the relationship, right? It is two people coming together and say, okay, we're going to maintain this. And if you treat it as if it is something that is outside of the both of you, right? Because if you treat your relationship like it's you and me, then it's going to be a constant battle of her wants versus my wants, her desires versus my desires, her needs versus my needs. And it becomes that, that, that game of tug of war. And that's never going to work out. That's never going to work out because you're just going to end up, you know, Which just makes fighting no sense. for eternity. At that point, live your own life. Like, why are you with somebody if you're not willing to to come together? Like, you know, Jordan Peterson made that analogy of like sharing your life with somebody and building a life is like taking a rope but t- intertwining them together. And now it's now it's twice as strong. You have double the brain power. You have double the decision making. You have double the observational skills to figure out navigational things in life and. If you're going to approach a relationship and a marriage as, as a separate being, as a separate thing, like two people that just kind of like each other and have fun and just like, you know, but want to do things. It's just it's not going to it's not going to create something that's going to you're going to be able to maintain for a long period of time. Yeah. And I think that under the guise of a marriage or a relationship right. like that. 
I think that Disney movies and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, the, the they're so of, responsible for the downfall of like our expectations in life. Just the culture that we live in has completely diluted the entire reason for man and woman coming together to do stuff together. Uh, it is not because you like each other. It is not because you enjoy spending time with each other. It is not because you think I think you're hot or you think I'm hot. It's not because you have good sex. That has nothing to do with it. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. What's going to create long-term success is compatibility. What's going to create long-term success is the fact that you two work better together than you do separately. That's the point. And if that's not there, it's not going to last because whatever feeling that you're basing your entire marriage or relationship on is going to come and go. Whatever attraction that you have to them now, you might not have 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And so once that fades, you're going to have to figure out how to make things work. And so if your foundation is, I'm really good at these things and you're really good at these things. I hate folding the laundry. She loves folding the laundry, right? She hates... Killing spiders, I don't mind killing spiders. No killing right? spiders. We saved the spiders. I killed the spiders. No. <laughs> so you're getting my point. Compatibility is the thing that makes it last because if you strip away all the feelings, if you strip away all the attraction, all that stuff is great. You know, it's nice to be attracted to your partner. It's nice to be in love with your partner. It's nice to feel good about your partner. It's nice to like each other. It's nice to have great sex. That's all great. But at the end of the day, you two have to work better together than you do separately, regardless of how you feel. This is why the lowest divorce rate of all different types of marriages is arranged marriages, because the parents recognize compatibility. They see, ah, this person works well with this person, so we're going to make it. It just makes sense, right? And so the, the attraction and the feelings become a byproduct of that compatibility, not the other way around. And so where I see at least in my view, so many marriages fail is because you have two quarterbacks, not a quarterback and a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Establishing a map to where you want to, what you want out of life. And not everyone's maps different. Not everybody wants to have the kids and the, and the farm life and the family and then, and the nuclear, and that's fine. Like you don't need to have that, but the whole idea of, of approaching a relationship without it being a one thing is just going to set you up for failure. It's like, how do you maintain? You can't maintain that if it's not, if you're not building, it's like, it's like trying to build a pyramid, but instead of meeting at the top, you just go up. Like you're in, like, you know, you have your needs and I have my needs. And then we just build up. It's like, you have to come together to get to that point, to create something. You know, if you don't, you're just going to just be separate the whole time. And then mm -hmm. you're going to wake up one day and be like, why, what are we, ha what are we doing? You know? Like that's the beauty of of a marriage and a relationship is building a life together, like having a witness to your own life and and being partners and and just and figuring that life is the demands of life are just endless, you know, and, and it's it's such a naive way, like what Matt was just saying about like just relying on the attraction and and how hot he is and your romance and all those things. It's like, yeah, those are beautiful and great and a huge part of like what brings you together because I do believe there needs to be some sort of physical attraction. There has to be some sort of, you know, romance in a relationship for it to work as well. But, you know, what happens when tragedy hits? Like, are you really going to care about how hot your partner is? Are you really going to care about your sex life? Like, is that going to be what carries you through that horrific time that's that's going to happen? You know, we all face tragedy. We all face incredibly hard things in life. Like, you have to find someone who 
you're compatible with, someone that understands your needs that can that can be there for you in, in ways that other people can't. And that's kind of the idea of, of just, you know, finding that person and building building a life with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so when in terms of keys that sort of got us to where we are now, a lot of the reason that we did make it this far and we didn't, you know, call it quits when I was down in the dumps or, you know, there was really no time where you down in the dumps. But anyway, the reason <laughs> that we made it this far is because at the foundation of everything, I am complimentary to her. She is complimentary to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it works. That's why it works at the fundamental level. We have had our ups and downs in terms of how emotionally attracted we are to them or how we feel about them on a particular day or how, you know, all that, yeah. other, all those other abstract things that, that people put way too much stock into all that stuff ebbs and flows throughout mm-hmm. the years and years of being together. But what doesn't change is who you are, what your strengths are and how you both work together to go through life as a unit. Right. So cool. I think we nailed that one. So we're going to move on to the next one, which is fast adjustments, dealing with things now. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? No. Like when there's a problem, we don't. Yeah. It it never makes it. We don't it, carry oh, it into tomorrow. We don't carry it into well, tomorrow. I mean, some problems take time to resolve, but right. we don't. We don't let them. We don't sit on them and stew on them before we bring them up to each other. It's like, it's usually pretty immediate. Like I'll, I'll, you know, if, if I'm bothering him, like, or I'm not doing something I said I would or whatever the case, like he'll, he'll tell me immediately and vice versa, because it's why, why would you let it boil? You know, like I've witnessed relationships where, where the, the conversations and the topics ended in just throwing their hands up and just agreeing because the, the work, the, the only thing worse than agreeing was continuing that uncomfortable conversation. So what happens is you end up agreeing to something that you don't agree with because out of spite and just to end the awkwardness and the horrible time that you're having. And then what ends up happening is years of resentment build up frustration and, and, and then you're just, you're just boiling over and, you're, a, and then it's a bigger it's explosion. Like, it's like Jordan Peterson's hiding things in the fog. Like, sure. Like that landmine goes over there and then the fog rolls in and you can't really see the landmine anymore. And then a big, another fight happens and that's another landmine, but you know, all the fog rolls in and you can't see them. And before you know it, you have 50, 30 years worth of landmines and you can't move anywhere without stepping on one. And then mm. your whole relationship is nothing but landmines because you never handled them when they were small little sparks. Right. So he and I always, we always talk about um, whether it's something stupid, like you need to put your keys in the drawer when you come home because yes, I'm that crazy in OCD. Or it's something as crazy as like, I really hate the way you talked to this person today. It made me uncomfortable or whatever, you know, like it's Or always. you tried to start a podcast three times in a row, but the dogs were barking yeah. incessantly. And so mm-hmm. I got angry and had to eat first before yeah. starting this podcast, yeah. which definitely did not happen. No, it wasn't a real life example. It was not a real life thing. Ago. So, uh, yeah, it's just like when a problem arises, the worst thing you can do is sweep it under the rug. The worst thing oh, you can do is, is pretend it's do. not there. The worst thing you can do is hide it in the fog because conflict avoided is conflict multiplied. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is making that problem grow. And then it's it's just like a tumor, right? right? It's just like it's just like a cancer in the in the marriage, a cancer in the relationship. 
if you if it starts, this is tiny little little thing, and you can remove it, and then you never have to think about it again. Amazing. That's how you want to do it. But what happens is, if you don't, if you ignore it, or you address it, but don't actually solve the problem. You know, let's say you see the tumor, and you're like, oh, let's like poke at it, whatever, right? But you don't actually get rid of it then it's just going to grow. Then it's going to metastasize. Then it's going to spread into other areas. And then next thing you know, you're, you're dead. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing worse than like being in a frustrating argument with someone about something that just happened three minutes ago. And then they bring up something to fight back with you that happened six months ago that you never even knew bothered them until that moment that they kept uh, it as ammunition to then throw in your face and blind. And you're just like, wait, what are we, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, and let's be clear, not all problems can be solved, nipped in the butt and cleared out within five minutes. Like some, but, mo- but most of them can, most of them absolutely <laughs> can. But the idea is to express how that one thing made you feel and how, whether that person can t- control it or not at the time, like that per- they might be angry about what happened and you have to be, you might have to say to them, listen, like this really is upsetting me that you're acting like this, that this little thing, and, and that person might need to calm down and cool off. But the important thing is that you addressed it and said, hey, you did this earlier and it really bothered me and they might be defensive, they might be mad or, or, or you know, give excuses, but you need to com- calmly communicate how it made you feel so that person now knows. Because just like Matt alluded to before, you the way that you, you know, give someone words of affirmation about something they do that you enjoyed, that you love, that you appreciated, you also have to do on the flip side. Because how are you going to how are you going to blame someone for doing something that bothers you if you never explained it to them that it bothered you? So then 6 months from now they keep doing that thing and you're just bubbling over because you haven't talked about it and now it went from the small little act that bothered you to this enormous cancerous thing that is now a huge part of content point of contention in your relationship. So it's it's it it's can come off as very like you know corny and like over communication and just kind of like annoying but trust me trust me when i tell you it's like it's so worth it to be like can you please i know you were in a rush earlier and i know you had a lot going on but it really bothers me that i clean the entire kitchen and when i come downstairs all your jujitsu stuff is in the is on the the counter what are you talking about i'm just thinking of a silly example it's like and you address what was going on. You know, they were in a rush. You know, they had a call in 30 minutes and they didn't have the time, but like, it just really bothers me. So if next time, if you could just try to X, Y, or Z, I would appreciate it. Yeah. And the- like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's not, and that person, if, if you're with the person who receives that in a way that's defensive and angry, and then you, you, you gotta, you got work to do. Cause that's the least, the jujitsu bag is the least of your problems. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's unique to everybody, but um, I would certainly work on building a relationship to where communication is prioritized and it's heard whether or not you want to hear it. Cause sometimes there are things he certainly doesn't want to hear from me and vice versa, but it's, it's important because if you're not communicating, how do you expect that person to know what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Yeah. The, the, what you really want to avoid, I would say, here's a good litmus test to see, you know, kind of where your relationship is at. This is where it's in like danger mode. Is if every single time you have an argument with your significant other, you're talking about things that have happened 10 years ago or five years ago or a year ago, right? If you're talking about things that are years and years old and you're bringing up things way in the past every single time you argue or you're casting judgment about what type of person they are or you always blah, 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 Mm -hmm. that's huge red flags and that's a huge issue with communication that that is a symptom of not solving problems as soon as they arise Mm -hmm. 
So it's so true. Yeah. And another a little tidbit that I learned, Dougie taught us this, or maybe Dougie and Emily, one of the two. When you're in in a disagreement or having a hard conversation or in an argument, avoid using the words never and always. Yeah, you never do this. Yeah, you ne- you always do this. You never do this. It's like one that's probably when very was the much last so time. Well, one is probably not true at all. So what you're saying is just a lie. Like no one, you know what I mean? So just be more precise with your words and and try to the next time you're in that argument with somebody or just, you know, just a uncomfortable conversation, just try to remind yourself to remove the words never and always. And you'll very likely keep the temperature down in that conversation because people get less defensive when you accuse them of things that you rightfully so that aren't necessarily right true. because then at that point it's going to become a pissing contest right. it's going to turn into like well you said i never do this or i always do this i did this 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 and this so what do you mean i always do and then it becomes like and then oh. your point is proven wrong and then you're probably annoyed and most people don't have enough self-awareness to be like all right you're right that wasn't that wasn't true blah blah, blah. so it's just a little a little piece of advice that always stuck with me right and this goes back to the, the relationship or the marriage being being a being in and of itself. It is something that needs to be like, it's just like when you have a child, right? Like, and we don't have children, so I'm talking out of my ass. This is just an example, right? <laughs> I when have zero have, experience with this. <laughs> when you have a child and you're making decisions in regards to the child, you're not thinking about what I want or what she wants. You're thinking about, okay, what's going to be best for the child, Right. And you might differ on what that is, but ultimately that's what you're interested in. You're interested in what's best for the child. And so when you're approaching issues within a marriage or a relationship, the question is not what do I want or what does she want? The question is what's going to best facilitate the the most smooth and happy marriage or relationship that we can possibly facilitate, you know? Yeah, like we do, we do, we try to every now and then at least once a week, but it's not always the case. To have like just us time, date night, which our date night is usually like couch. This podcast. Yeah. Couch, Chipotle movies, or if he'll even watch a movie, which is very rare. Um, and sometimes we just don't want to. Like sometimes he wants to be up here working and sometimes I want to be downstairs just like watching my show or what I want to watch because we don't usually always want to watch the same things. But we know that if we don't spend actual quality time together, that's not going to feed our relationship. Spending the time, putting the phones down, being intentional with each other is worth the effort. And again, we don't, it sounds silly, but we don't always want to do that. We, we kind of want to be selfish with our free time and do what we individually want to do. That's just an example of no, it's, it's the night we said we were going to do that. We're going to do it. We're going to put the, put the time in and we're going to, it's going to in the long run be worth it. And it's just an example. Yeah. One of the most common cliches that I hear that is the most true thing when it comes to relationships uh is it's not you versus you it is both of you versus the problem mm-hmm. and that is that is the the moral of the story here so that being said let's move on to the next sort of key that sort of that got us to where we are today um and that is going to be i love how you didn't even give me these keys you didn't even tell me what you made the keys were but they're spot on yeah 100 <laughs> you don't think we, I didn't pay even, we didn't make these keys together he's just rambling them off and um, like yeah you're right that's one the next one I have is brutal honesty, which I think we kind of covered, you know. Yeah, it's it, pretty, pretty clear cut. It's just being completely honest about, you know, how you feel. But again, you don't, you don't, you want to try to say things in a way that it's going to be best received, but you don't want to be dis. It's, it's all a, in delivery. It's all about delivery, right? And, and you don't want to be any less honest or any less real with how you're presenting it. You want to make sure you, you say what you're trying to say. 
But again, you have to be tactful in the way that you say right. it. Right. Like every, and this isn't necessarily true because I, I don't believe in, I don't, I'm not a, I don't get satisfaction out of kicking people when they're down. In fact, it makes me cringe inside. But there were, he got to a point that he was so low that I had every right to be like, you are a lazy piece of shit. You've done nothing, nothing at all. Like you, you want me to be with you? You you think that I want to be with somebody like you? Blah, blah, blah. Like I could have said all those things, but it, one, I wouldn't have, but two, it's you like, would have been, oh, yeah, like you would have been within your right to. Yeah, for sure. I had every right to say that, but I know well enough to know that that's not going to communicate something to get my point across. But again, it's the delivery. It was, uh, you know, what's going on? Like, look at you. Like, this is what you do all day. Like, this is who you want to be for us, who you want to be for me, who you want to be for our future kids one day. Like, you know, look at all you're capable of. Look at all the things you've done in the past. And this is what, are you proud of who you are? Like, and it wasn't a, like, look at you. It was like a sincere, you know, like, you're better than this. Like, you can be more than this, you know? And if you, if you can't find it in you to do it for, for me, do it for yourself kind of, kind of conversation. You're saying the same thing, but you're, you're saying it in a much better, a different way. And again, your delivery, truth is important. Truth is vital. You can't, you don't have anything without it quite literally. So again, you can, you can say the truth in multiple ways. And I think, I think delivery is certainly a huge, a very important part of the truth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, The next one. I said, I wrote down having clearly defined roles I think that I think that mitigates confusion. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to co- like being complimentary to each other. Uh, but ha- also having an awareness of that of of that comp- is complet complementariness. <laughs> com- com- I don't know. Either way, <laughs> you get the point. The you want to be aware of your strengths and weaknesses and so that you can clearly define your roles within a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, I, and I, I just feel like role, the the term roles kind of triggers people. It's like, I don't care. It's and, true. And, and, no, <laughs> and, and I, of course. And, but to, 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 to kind of reiterate that, like your roles aren't like you take out the trash. I don't do it. You know what I mean? It's not that it's like, it's, it's it, the analogy you use with the football field, like with a football game is perfect. And I don't know anything about football, so I'm going to butcher this, but you can't have two quarterbacks. You just can't. You will never win a game with two quarterbacks. You need other players on that field to get that ball to where it needs to go. The ball is your marriage, is your road, is your is your is your end goal. So if you if 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 I mean I'm certainly not going to sit up in this office all day and create content because that role I will fail miserably at and we will get nowhere. We will be dead in the water for a very long amount of time. He certainly is not going to be responsible for a home and or and keeping things clean and tidy and organized and shopping and groceries and cooking and like. That's not going to be him, you know, because he's not that's not his strength. It's like find your strengths within each other and use those to your advantage to get to where you want your marriage. to Right. Be. Exactly. So we're not telling you what your role should be. We're yeah. not saying it's very unique to every relationship. hundred percent. You just have to agree on them and, and feel good and where you're and, and clear and what. clearly define like actually decide mm-hmm. what that is. You know, you can't just like wing it and like maybe you can maybe you can just figure out and like stumble around and just and see that oh like she's better at this i'm better at this i guess i'll just keep doing this and but actually having a conversation about it and being like you know i'd much rather be doing this and you hate doing this so why don't i just do this and you do that because you're much better at this and i suck at that so why don't you just you know cool and obviously that changes over time like you you keep that that dialogue going uh but 
actually having an awareness and agreement. And like she said, it's not about the little things like taking out the trash or like this is your job or that's your job. If you see something, do it, right? If the dish, if there's dishes in the sink, wash the dishes. If you have time to wash the dishes and there's dishes in the sink, you should wash the dishes. It doesn't matter who's better at it, right? But when it comes to stuff like the laundry, she knows way more about like how to make things smell clean and be clean and not have colors mix. And like, I don't pay attention to that. So my time is better spent in a position to where we're going to, you know, I'm going to utilize my strengths to the best me spending three hours a week on laundry versus spending three hours a week in my office doing work. What's, but what time is better spent? And like you said, vice versa, you throw the, you flip it around. If you're up here in my office editing videos and I'm doing laundry, that is a waste of our time. Right. And I think it's worth, it's worth just saying that you appreciate each other for your roles. You know, I don't, we don't hold them over each other. Well, I do this and you do that. And that's just the way it is. It's like, right. you've been working really hard in your office all day today. Like, I really appreciate how hard you're working and I know you're doing everything you can, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And back to the beginning of him appreciating when he goes in his drawer and, oh, his shirt's clean. I just wore that last week. How'd that get there? Oh, that's because my wife folded it and cleaned it and made sure it was exactly like those little things, like words of affirmation, guys, like it goes a very long way. And furthermore, it makes you want to do those things more when you're appreciated for what you're doing a simple thank you for doing the laundry today is so great it, it, it wasn't hard it didn't hurt him to say it and i know he appreciates it and then when i do the laundry next time i'm not like this fuck doesn't even care about what i do and oh it must be nice to open your drawer and your clothes are just there waiting for you oh, you definitely wow. say like, that to me sometimes i sometimes though. do but it's a it's a great way to avoid resentment is my point uh, so the the thing i was going to interrupt you about uh, but I patiently Sorry, waited like I didn't a good let boy. You. I said no. Um, is that roles are they're not one's not better than the other, mm-hmm. right? And I see this a lot when people talk about traditional gender roles. People think that going out and making money is objectively better or contributes more. Sorry, you- I just yawned, but like kept the straw like halfway in my mouth while I was yawning. It looked and I caught it in the viewfinder. It looked so weird. I was like. <laughs> Someone's going to screenshot uh, that one. This is why I'm not allowed to be on this side of the camera. Anyway, I'm so sorry. That was rude. Continue. Um, but yeah, I see when people object to the idea of traditional gender roles, they they get, and again, I'm not telling you what your gender roles need to be. I'm just saying like when people talk about gender roles, they get upset because they think that making money is better than than taking care of the home or cooking or cleaning. Not the case. They're both important. You need to eat. You can't live. Have you ever seen hoarders like that? That's a miserable existence. Like you need both to to succeed in life and to fulfill, you know, to become the best versions of yourself and to have a happy home and to raise a family. You need both of them. You can't you can't have one without the other. So one is not more important than the other. Sure, you can you can pay someone to do all the stuff, but like you can't pay them if you don't have someone working to do the to to make the money to pay the people. You know, like you you have to have. You have to have a balance in your home. You have to have, just as you would in a, in, a, in a team, it's the same thing. You have to know what is expected of each other. And those things change throughout your, it's not the same thing as it was day one as it is day year seven. You know, like when you have kids, roles change. Things 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 maneuver and change and manipulate. Yes, you change all the diapers. Right. What? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to take your first answer. No. I'm going with your first answer. Um, but yeah, 
one role is not better than the other. So stop acting yeah. like this being isn't a tit for tat. If you approach any relationship on as a scoreboard, like a tit for tat, well, I did this. So now you need to do that. Like he, he used to do, you don't really do this anymore, but he, he used to do the thing that was like, well, since I did this, will you go do that? And I would be like, no, but I will go do what you just asked because you asked and I'll go do it. Yeah. But I'm well, not going. I also catch you doing that all the time too. Where it's like, well, I did this, so I think that you should. I no, I don't do that. He's full. You hundred percent do crap. that. I hate that. You hundred percent do that. The tit for tat school scorekeeping thing irritates the. It's so petty to me. It's so gross to me. Oh well, I'll remind you the next time you do yeah. that because you absolutely do that. When was the last time I did that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going down that road. Um. So the yep, having clearly defined roles. And then the last one that I have is just being on the same page about what is important, right? Being on the same page about what you value and, and where you're trying to go at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, like what we wanted five years ago is not what we would say that we want now. So it's important to communicate those things. It's important to talk about those things. It's important to make sure that those things are known. And it's just like any other goal, right? Like you have your goals within your, within your business. You have your goals within, with, when it comes to fitness, and you have goals within your marriage and within your relationship. And if you write down those goals once or you say to yourself, I want to do this once, and then you don't go back to it, you don't remind yourself, you don't you know, take the daily, monthly, weekly practices to remind yourself of what you're doing this for, then you're not going to ever achieve those things. You're not ever going to you know, get anywhere because you, you, you forgot about it, essentially. And so when it comes to your relationship goals... Or your marriage goals or your family goals. Um, for us, you know, it's having kids and, you know, living in a big, beautiful home and, you know, she, her work, her not having to work, which by the way, if you don't want her to work anymore, go to <laughs> notmattgram.com and apply for growth accelerator. And anyway, so that, those are our goals. And, um, some of the goals have stayed the same consistently over the last seven years, but some of them have changed. I think our attitude towards children has changed a lot in the first three to four years, I'd probably say that we were, we were leaning towards wanting to have kids, but we weren't sure. I think it was more like, a, I definitely wasn't sure. You were like, yeah, probably. I've always wanted to have kids. Like I remember being 10 years old at SeaWorld and I don't know why I remember it at SeaWorld, but my aunt, we were in the car. We had just come down here. I lived in Vermont and we came down here for a vacation and she asked me if I wanted to have kids and I was 10 years old and I said, yes, I do want to have kids. And she was like baffled by that. And so now I've always wanted to have kids and some days less than others. But in the last, I would say like 18 months to two years, we have been like, let's have kids. Well, I have been like, let's have kids, you know? And so, but obviously we wanted to get married first. And so we did that. We are now married and now it's baby time. You're still on the fence. No, I'm not on the fence. It's just, I think it's a little bit um, more of a commitment for the female than it is the man. Yeah. For at least the first, I'd argue, two years. It's for sure. Yeah. But not we'll figure that it's it out. Not, it's not a commitment that I'm not willing or wanting to make. It's just terrifying. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? But I think I'll, I know for a fact, I know for a fact, I can't prove this, but I know for a fact that. Once we have kids, the only regret I'll have is not having them sooner. hundred percent. I mean, I already feel that way. I know. Because I feel like we could have like seven or eight kids if we had started, you know. Anyway, um, so 
I completely lost my train. Nothing of else on your outline that you wanted to talk about? Not really. I'll, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, just to sort of mitigate your uh, your your fears is that, and I've said it to you before, a lot dumber people. <laughs> it's so true. Have raised some pretty good kids. Yeah. So it's very we true. can figure it out. We can figure it out. But yeah, I mean, that's all I had for the podcast. There were some other questions that I got that were a little more pertaining to me, but I don't think we have to go into that right now. I think we can, you know. I don't remember any like that. You didn't see the outline of the podcast. Oh, I thought you meant comments. That were no, I wrote, I wrote down some things that people asked me that were sort of similar to our last conversation, but also a little more like on the personal development side of things. But that would be a weird transition at this point. And plus we've been going for, I think more than an hour. So anyway, I think it's time to call it a wrap or is that what you say? Call it. I think it's time to wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it it up. All right. So be sure to like, and subscribe. Be sure to follow the podcast. I think that's what you do on Spotify and then whatever you do on Apple podcast that's what you should do give us a rating give us a rating ratings is on is on apple i think yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't used apple in a long time i just use a app that like distributes it to all the all the Ah. platforms so i don't even know what the thing is i i mostly make it for youtube uh so when are you posting this wednesday wednesdays are pod days i think we're gonna make it the pod day I would like to have, I don't know, you guys let me know what you want to do. If you want me to keep bringing her on, if you want me to have some of my... I want to do a, I want to do a podcast on um, Know Yourself quiz. Yeah, we want to do I some like personality. wildly important. Like some personality stuff. Like a huge thing that people miss in all, any and all relationships. Like it yeah. needs to be talked about more. For yeah, sure. I think I want to do more podcasts where it's like us talking to each other. Yeah. Like because the last two, it's been like us talking at the camera. But obviously there's some conversation, but I, I would like to facilitate a little more mm-hmm. conversation, maybe do some some prompts yeah. and discuss things, maybe some go into some uncharted waters. Like current events? I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever care to do current events. But you have some some interesting folks lined up for to be guests. So you, it won't always be me. I won't always, won't always be the wife on the podcast. Unless you guys want to just be the Shana and Matt podcast, <laughs> in which case we can do that. We can, We're call, just gonna- it, we can call it the Grammys. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice work. All right. This is my reach. That's the end of this podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.